Um, okay, so it is soon summertime, right? And we want to plan things. <laughs> sorry. It's just funny to see you kind of go. It's like watching Carrie Strug at the end of the mat, and she's like, like she's like prepping herself to, to do her round off back handspring back tuck. But it's a grown man doing a podcast. And this is Gatriarchs. So I have some advice for you, Gavin. Um, oh, is this what we've come to? Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah, Just, the student becomes the teacher. The uh, <laughs> the unsolicited advice portion of our journey here. So okay. I okay. one of the ways I I feel like I do work or I or set work for later is I'll see something and I'm like ah, I need to do that and I'll screenshot it and then I will email that screenshot to myself. So when I'm sitting in front of a computer, it's an email that I can do, delete and go. That's just like my personal system. The many layers of trying to get through the to-do list, but that makes sense. The problem is, is that I often do it while I'm peeing. <laughs> so I'm like, like, Oh, I need to screenshot that. And for the guy next to me at the urinal, he hears screenshot noise <laughs> and then email. And then I zip up. So maybe turn <laughs> the whoosh, the whoosh of your urine stream and the whoosh of the email being sent. For sure. And so I think the advice I have is if you're going to be doing work while your dick is out, make sure that you uh, your sound is off. <laughs> so that's how I wanted to start this really elegant episode of Gatriarchs was just a little piece of advice. I will take your unsolicited advice, and I'm going to give you some unsolicited advice as well. Okay. Um, speaking of dicks and urinals and bathrooms and taking pics. Quality podcast, I, guys. Quality high-end podcast. Years ago, I was at a bachelor party where a buddy of mine came running out of the bathroom. Actually, the bachelor. And he comes running out. And he's like, you guys, you won't believe this. A dude fell asleep in the urinal. And I'm like, what? And I went in, and there was a guy who was apparently so drunk Somehow, I don't know, I do not know how this happened, oh but I do have picture evidence of it uh, somewhere. A dude had just like slumped over oh, with his head no, in no, the urinal. No, no, with his head in the urinal. No. Head in the urinal. Oh. And, I, and I took a picture of it. Oh. <laughs> and then he came to, I, I don't oh know if God. I was in there or if I... I don't think I was a good enough person to actually help him or wake him up. I was a bad enough person that I just took a picture and laughed about we it. We know. But somehow he came to and he started to leave and I ran up to him and this was, oh my God, this was a long time ago. Uh, but it wasn't exactly like you couldn't just airdrop something. But I ran up to the guy. I mean, he was shit faced, right? And I say to him, hey, buddy, you fell asleep in the urinal and I took a picture of it. I want to send it to you because you'll laugh about it someday. And he goes, dude, I do that shit like all the time and just walked away urinal down. naps he does urinal naps <laughs> all the time i can think of maybe one or two other places that are more disgusting than <laughs> your face in a like in a urinal nothing uh, good is there yes no just nothing. piss and strangers pubes which i guess yes. some people are into but that sounds <laughs> no judgment fucking awful I'm, but it was one of the – I mean, I will be in diapers one day and remember that. I will have forgotten everything about my life, but I will remember that time that I saw a dude who just passed out in a year. Was it like a throwaway camera and you had to like click it back and then send it to Walgreens <laughs> in like a little paper envelope? <laughs> <laughs> 
So I wanted his address, his mailing address, so I could send him copies because I was going to get doubles. You're a thousand years old. Oh, always. So summertime is just on the horizon. Are you? Do you feel like you're officially in summer? No, because it's still really nice outside. It's like you know, se- uh, minus the <laughs> the thick plumes of smoke that we're breathing in. But so you associate summer with oppressive heat correct. that is not fun. No, okay. look, summer is my least favorite season. It's my husband's favorite season. It's the only time we argue because he's like, "Let's go outside." I was like, "No, there's no air conditioning outside." <laughs> no. Well. Summer always makes me think of, yes, having no uh, schedule and no routine whatsoever, which actually does drive me crazy. But also the sense of like, oh, I need to get out and enjoy this because it's summertime and I have social obligations that I need to get out and enjoy. It reminds me of how often we try to have picnics outside or and by we, I mean society, Mm -hmm. right? Like we all think we should be outside eating all the time. But going outside to eat is a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Like, you know. Your hot dog is cold and your beer is warm kind of thing. And none of the food is ever actually good unless maybe you're having a pizza. But does anybody want a hot, greasy pizza outdoors when it's sunny? And Your picnic menu sounds like Fenway Park. Like, are, like, well, like In a good way. You know. I mean, that would, be, that would be better. Just basically paying somebody else to, to just hand you pre-made food as opposed to thinking, I'm going to pack everything and go out to the – I just find it – are you proud that I remembered the name of a stadium? Are you like – because like I literally was like going through – I was like Wrigley Field, Fenway Park. Fenway Park sounds a little more like different, so I'm going to use that one. Mm-hmm. And people are going to think I'm sporty. The listeners in Connecticut are definitely going to appreciate that. But nobody thinks you're sporty. Okay. Nobody. No. Nobody whatsoever. So don't worry. Your reputation for – Except for my Spice Girls costume for Halloween. Then I'm sporty. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, so I, I'm reminded of people who have their, like, Pottery Barn and Crate and Barrel picnics mm-hmm. that just look so perfect with a blanket and, like, multiple bowls of food. and But when you do it with kids, Mm-mm. it's such a pain in the ass, Chaos. especially with little kids. Yeah. I was invited to a picnic, okay, admittedly years ago, where I know that the host just wanted an Instagram-worthy shot. And I'm like, I have two monsters that I'm bringing <laughs> to this middle of Central Park. I'm all ready sweating my balls off. Because getting I'm, there is a is a nightmare. Getting nightmare. somewhere with kids and then you're also lugging like gingham plates and a fucking wicker basket. No, thank you. Yes. No. Yes. And, and your and your tripod mm-hmm. for to get that perfect shot. But also um, you had to pre- prep the food which means that you were neglecting your kids in the first place to get the food because it either needs to be cold or it needs to be hot. Packing it and then packing the kids and all of it. Like I am so angry with Pottery Barn and Carrot and Barrel and all the like who make it Make that Don Draper sense of the 1950s picnic ideal ideal something that we want to aspire to. Because frankly, just give me a a beer and a Subway sandwich and call it a day. Do you picnic? No, it's like because you need – like you said, you need a staff. If you want something like that, you want to staff. So there's two problems with that. A, number one is what you said, which is like the realities and logistics of having young children at a fucking unfenced area is <laughs> right. is impossible but also my aesthetic is that i don't like eating outdoors on a blanket <laughs> where my ass is getting a little wet it's too hot nothing tastes good <laughs> you just feel like you're just trying to get through it i was like why are we doing this i yeah i am i when it comes to summer i'm a fall girl as we know pumpkin sized lattes and an oversized sweater yes. i you am, and your psl oh my yes. god psls and a spruce candle oh fuck yeah so <laughs> i love a, like it's a little too cold but if we put on a sweater it feels perfect when it's the middle of summer and people are like, let's go outside to consume fucking chips. No, thank you. 
Also, my 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 memory of like outdoor eating is always like Lay's potato chips covered in like chlorine Ants. water. No chlorine water because oh, it's always <laughs> next to a pool, like it's a pool yeah. party. And yeah. every time you put your hand in the bowl, everything tastes like chlorine. So, somebody else's wet hands, like Jimmy's wet hands, went in the the bag, yeah. and you're like, ah, you ruined the Lay's, and now they're wet. Yeah. And- so what's like the what's the dream? picnic for you what's the perfect picnic for you okay well first of all i would have eight pack abs and be shirtless the entire time i'll I'll be there i'll be there what is my ideal picnic hanging out with my friends and getting drunk Mm -hmm. no kids david what is your ideal picnic in my cold basement alone watching succession (laughs) okay let's move on to our top three now this was my list this week and the Uh top three list was top three things that are adorable when a little kid does it, uh-huh. but not so cute when an adult does it. And not cute. Not cute. So uh, number three for me is having conversations while you poop. My kid <laughs> loves an audience. He loves he loves somebody with him while he poops. And he loves to talk uh-huh. about Spider-Man and the world <laughs> and, you know, Ukrainian politics while mm-hmm. he's pooping. So number three, pooping conversations. Number two, staying in the bathroom. Um, peeing at the urinal. With your pants around your ankles. <laughs> that is so fucking so cute true. when a kid does it. And if I walk into a bathroom and a grown-ass man is doing that, I'm out. I'm out. You know what? The last time I remember seeing something like that happen, actually, I remember being in elementary school and seeing like a fourth grader do it and think, dude, I think you're yeah. too old to be doing totally. that. Actually, legit. Yeah. And number one for me that is cute when a kid does it but not an adult, eating a cupcake by just biting into it like a fucking psychopath. When a kid does it, it's so cute. They get a little frosting on their nose. When an adult does it, I'm like, listen, you monster, pull the bottom off and make it into a cupcake sandwich like the rest of us. My God. Do you really make a cupcake sandwich? I mean, I agree with you. When adults bite into and try to get their mouth over the entire thing. It's like a snake trying to like eat an alligator. this com- this cupcake sandwich thing perplexes me. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. Gavin, you, we have a, I have so much to teach you and your oh, few God. remaining years on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> what is your top three list? Okay, so number three for me, believe it or not, is barfing. Ugh. I think it's kind of cute when my kids oh, puke. I mean, the gross. times that they've like barfed in my lap or over my shoulder, I'm like, oh, my heart goes out to them. Okay, I'm not a triggered barfer either. I can I'm a deal with barfer. it. I'm yeah. I, I I I can deal. I can deal. So, but it I is think cute when cute. they're when they're sick and they're so cuddly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. barfing, no thanks. But as an adult, no, you 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 crawl. Get your, away from you, me. You crawl your own ass to the bathroom and and <laughs> and and I don't want to hear it. Turn on nope. loud music. <laughs> <laughs> Flush as you're puking. Number two, spaghetti mouth. I mean, a little kid with their mouths just so full cute. of spaghetti and like so the cute. spaghetti coming out of their mouth and the tomato sauce all over their lips. It's it's cute. Now, adults who do that? Yeah. Like, oh you're like sir, you're going to have to leave this Olive Garden if you keep <laughs> eating like this. I mean, it really is. Uh, public eating etiquette is actually really shocking. We should have a base standard at the least. And mm-hmm. spaghetti mouth is not allowed mm-hmm. after mm, age mm, four. And then finally, number one. Hey, I am all about body positivity. Mm-hmm. I love the human body. Mm-hmm. But naked dancing is not cute for adults. Adults. But a, a little l- kid, yeah. Oh, come on. Little kids oh, naked so dancing. Cute. So good. Totally fucking so cute. Good. That's a great all list. Right. What's uh what's next week's list going to be? Well, it is summer. Okay. It's and very it is, hot. And it is hot. Exactly. Yeah. 
I think we should talk about the three things that are hotter than summer. I want to first talk about Gavin's weird, sexy lean-in voice. <laughs> like, what was that? You, like, literally leaned into the mic. You lowered your voice. Okay, fine. Fine, fine. I'll never be, like, a 1-800-number-voice over person. Fuck me. Not with that it. syntax. You're not. <laughs> All right. That sounds like a good list. Let's do it. Our next guests are two travel-obsessed gays who are currently knee-deep in the surrogacy process to become dads. They come from the land of lesbians, Portland, Oregon, um, and have built a considerable social media presence online, starting with them meeting over their coming out videos on YouTube. They are laughing at my jokes right now. You can't see it, mm-hmm. but they are they currently are, laughing they are, covering they their are. mouths. Uh, please welcome to the show, Michael and Matt. Michael Hello. and Matt! Welcome. welcome. We just had a fun oh, little talk before I hit record, so <laughs> I don't know how we're going to get any of that I'm stuff in. I'm already crying. But- Tell us about your uh, your coffee regimen, boys. Oh, What's God. going on with the coffee? This is a point of contention um, to start off with in the morning. Yeah, Matthew, um, I don't know. I make coffee every single morning. I wake When I go to work at the dental clinic, I wake up mm-hmm. at 5. I make coffee. He gets to wake up at like oh, you're so good. 7 or whatever. <laughs> and then Lounging. walk out. And there's just a pot ready for him. It's and like he magic. Come, I wake sit up on the couch. Yeah. By that time, I'm like already at the clinic doing some, you know, doing my, my job. And then when he wakes up, when he wakes up before me, I'm like, did you make coffee? He's like, uh, uh, <laughs> okay. There's okay. coffee that's hot. Do you, do you want it? Here's it's the from thing. yesterday. And I'm like, I absolutely do not want that. Oh, all right. <laughs> I Might want you to make gross. coffee for me when I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. Some people may think this is disgusting, but <laughs> disgusting. when you have leftover coffee, you have like so much. Like, I I mean, I, I have like eight cups left in that pot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I going to toss eight cups away? Mm-hmm. That's like Matthew's the king of three hyperbole. bucks or something. So like, <laughs> let's save a little Two bit cups. of money. Two cups. Two cups, three cups, four cups, whatever. Eight cups. Eight cups. It's more like eight cups. So, <laughs> but there's there's got to be some magical recipe out there for turning that into really good iced coffee. Because frankly, when you spend six dollars getting iced coffee elsewhere, it's never any good. So how can it be any worse just with your leftover coffee? Right? I I am I am that girl. I'm the girl who was like, because I only drink iced coffee. I'm I'm just you know listen. I'm if you're gonna be gay, be gay. But like <laughs> I I was doing that. We had a pot and I would pour it into like you know a big pitcher and then mm-hmm. it's never as good. No, it's never as good. It's it's too acidic. It's too. Anyway, yeah, we're really it. starting strong, guys. This with is great. A, a this ice is great. coffee conversation. But I think that there's definitely there are metaphors to be found here in parenting and the path that they're about oh. to hear. I mean, David, as oh. you as you hear them talking, I'm like, oh, I hear that. Like when I get up at five, and then somebody else lounges oh. till seven. But when he gets up at five, we and need to listen you're back like, to this conversation in a few years because I think we're preempting <laughs> a few things. Well, this will be in the divorce decree. I think this video in particular <laughs> oh, will be ground. Yeah, for the grounds. No, but 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 seriously, you. Are if you're penny pinching, that's really smart because you yep. guys are in the middle of the surrogacy process. We Is are. that correct? Thank you. Yes, we are. Thank you for seeing the value in something that that <laughs> seems so ridiculous to do in the morning. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about um, where you guys are in the process right now. Do you did you just start? Are you pregnant? Where are you at? Oh man. Okay. So we've been doing surrogacy for a year and a half now, um, and we have embryos. We have I think five. Mm-hmm. five of them mm-hmm. and uh we are looking for a surrogate so we're like yeah like you said knee deep in the surrogacy journey <laughs> yeah, i was like it's that's a loaded question to ask like are you just beginning because like 
six months into this process is like sort of just beginning, right? Like totally. you could like be, don't yeah, know yeah. anything. So like, cause there's like contracts and there's yeah, egg totally. retrieval and donors all and all, all of the things. Yeah. But, and when straight people say like, we're trying, it's like, you're telling me you're fucking like, I don't know what, like that, like, <laughs> what, but that so, so like, much. that's the only process. That's the only process they're into for us. Well, yeah. We're in the middle of contracts. We're negotiating with a whatever, but so you and, guys, and the quick jerk off is just one teensy bit of it. The ejaculation is. part is, very, Listen, very guys, guys have to do right. things too. But you you guys are kind of, you know, surrogacy is kind of financially at least can be split in half, right? Like totally. there's the creating the embryos, IVF side of it. And then once those are frozen, you have a little bit of time if you want to recover financially. I know some people that, you know, the process is extraordinarily expensive. Yeah. But um, so, but now you guys are searching for a surrogate. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 100%. We are. We're looking. And no luck yet. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there and listening and happen to be a female who wants to have a baby but not your own, let yeah. us know. Not that we've not well, had any inquiries. I was going to say, surely, this is like online dating. So how's it? How's that? Yeah, been? we've had actually quite a few, you know, people message us. Soft inquiries. You know, mm-hmm. of just like, I live here, I haven't been a surrogate, or I have been a surrogate, and I have this many kids, and I do this for work, and that, that, that sort of thing. And um, There's so many factors to consider in there, and I think like one of the biggest things for us is just like distance-wise, how far away are they? Absolutely, um, we would really love to find somebody who's in. We're, we live in Portland, Oregon, so Oregon or Washington, Northern California, somewhere where it's like close enough where we feel just a little bit more involved <laughs> and able to be there. I didn't have that thought at the beginning. I sort of just thought, oh. It won't really matter. We fly all the time, you know, mm-hmm. like we can just fly to wherever it works best. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm like, that's really inconvenient. And <laughs> I would be really nice if we were doing this more in our backyard. Mm-hmm. Inconvenience one way of putting it. But. Yeah. yeah. But it's true. I just had this conversation. A, a listener reached out to me yesterday and he was talking about like, oh, I would really know, love to know about what it feels like to be quote unquote pregnant but the, there's not a growing belly around you. And I was saying, right. you know, it, it is a weird part of being gay men in this process is that there is this weird kind of nine months of lead up for people who see this belly growing where you mm-hmm. can kind of like, there's a visual oh, yeah. kind of ticked, you know, a, a clock uh, ticking. And for us, both of our surrogates were in Portland, actually, and oh, we wow. live in the New York City area. So we were just we would visit and we went to a couple doctor's appointments but there was not this thing in our house it was just one day we were parents and it is a it is wow. totally weird and different it's very on brand also for this a- this era too unfortunately it's like you just order yeah. something on amazon and suddenly it shows up and you don't actually see it happening which is too bad <laughs> maybe you guys you guys should join amazon prime maybe that's what you need <laughs> prime is there an yeah. amazon baby you know yeah, there's amazon probably. prime video you know, amazon yeah. prime you know there's got to be Jeff amazon Bezos, prime baby I, mean, I would not put it past not, not just at all. a drone and, appears outside your house and drops a baby off like a stork i mean it's the new stork and it's the new delivery service the new so, amazon sure. surrogacy that'd be agency amazing. my god yeah that'd mm-hmm. be amazing did you guys do ivf in oregon as well we did everything in oregon yeah we what? um so oh. our first surrogate was my sister-in-law shout out to aaron my uh oh. my sister-in-law who's amazing in a lot of reasons but also yeah. um uh she was our first surrogate and so she lived there so we we knew we were going to use her uh we had already agreed to it so we were just like well we might as well get 
our egg donor there, uh, our, our all of our contracts. We just kind of did all of that. So when we were ready for uh, the second time, we knew that all of our stuff just lived in Portland. So we tried to find a a, a Portland surrogate, and we did. Oh, Amy, incredible. shout out to Amy, who's also a listener. All right. Um, and and so it ended up working out really well. Like that was the reason we were in Portland. No other reason. And I think sometimes when people start, they're like, I don't like. You just kind of wherever the people are, wherever right, the right, donor yeah. is, and and you guys, I think, are with an agency as well. So yes. wherever your agency works, so you guys actually met over over your uh, coming out videos on YouTube, isn't that correct? Yes. Uh, yes tell me, that tell me the length of time from when you first spoke to each other <laughs> to when one of you was on a flight. I would like to know the time frame of that. I think it was three weeks. No, no, it was. Four weeks. Four-ish Four weeks. Ish weeks. And then you were on a plane. Yeah. So I think... Um, Michael was living in Nebraska. Communication was established on like uh-huh. May 1st or 2nd, probably. Correct. And then I was on a plane June 4th to right. Seattle. So it was, I think that's was it really exactly, June 4th almost exactly that four weeks. My God. That's a great yes, leap of faith, was, though. I mean, talk yeah. about a, a brave move. and Because ex- you could I mean, have shown God. up and this person not be a real person or ghosted you or whatever. Him be not, not yeah. a real person? I mean, yeah. he had an online presence uh, have to be for, very good at catfishing. for like five-ish years. Mm-hmm. So I that was part of it. I was like, I can go back and I can see like he's, okay, so he's at, you know, his university or whatever. He's talking about being at college. Like, he's talking about being in Seattle. Michael did his research. I'm like, there's no <laughs> way. I'm like... Also, he didn't seem very suspicious, right? It yeah. just, he doesn't just <laughs> yeah. strike. They me never very, do. Like catfishy. <laughs> they never do. Yeah, yeah. Um, we never actually admitted our feelings for one another until, until we, met, we in met in person. So it was four weeks of like three-hour Skype sessions. And why know. did you fly across the country? Was was it? Well, I was going to say like you were flying out to make out, or were you flying out to be like I don't know what else to do with my life, so I'm going to go meet this person in in, yeah, in real life. That's or, a good question. So I had like dipped my toe into the youtube space right like earlier that year so he had been on youtube for like six seven years probably and i had just like kind of discovered this whole world of youtube right after i came out and i watched a bunch of coming out videos and then i found out people had channels and so anyways there's this whole snowball effect and then we yeah i saw his coming out video and then he posted a one year after encouraging other people so then i posted and then we connected and i was like i feel like we have so much in common he was kind of on <clears throat> on track to go to med school at that time i was going to dental school in the fall i had like kind of tried i was on a gap year i kind of dipped my toe into the youtube universe i was like kind of interested like do i just need to cut this off like once dental school starts so i need to they were telling you at that point like erase your presence online people are going to find something stupid and fire you or not hire you or whatever it'll be this whole scandal um and so i was like not really sure what to do of with this whole social media thing and so i was like oh well um, maybe i can ask him because we seem like we have a lot in common we were both raised catholic we came out you know in our 20s that sort of thing and so for me it was like i just want to like i don't know i need a sounding board i just kind of come out and i was like ready to ask him all the questions about about things that i thought we could relate on Mm-hmm. Did he and then, ask? And then there was oh. this. Oh my god! What were some of the questions he asked? <laughs> I, oh no! The, <laughs> Matthew's just being <laughs> stirring the pot. Well, but there was a there was a YouTube convention in like August in Seattle, mm. and I was like, oh, well, this would be kind of a neat way to meet. And I was like, well, I'll just meet you. You know, I'll just I'll plan on coming out in August for like this vlogger fair, 
Um, and then he responded with like, what if I want you to come out sooner? <laughs> so then I was so like, sweet. did he do it in that oh. voice? That That's really how sweet. I read it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's that voice kind exactly. Of, that's but probably, probably pretty it. close. Yeah. <laughs> and then you met and then you fell in love. That's why it, it ended up being some basically, what, yeah. Sooner. Long story short, it's like we met and we fell in love. Yeah. That is instantly. Very sweet. I think that's we said amazing. I love you on like the third day. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, you guys really are absorbing this lesbian. Lesbians. Yes. You guys oh, are just moving in right away. We are just exactly where we're meant to be. I was even driving a Subaru. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. I have a Subaru Ascent parked outside my house right now. I'm fully embraced all the lesbians. All I wear are Birkenstocks that's or I'm barefoot. True. So that's it. That's true. I'm bringing this back to the gay shit now, all right? Yes. Oh, okay. um, So I, back. Uh, when I had to fill out a questionnaire about being a parent, they said, what is your biggest fear about being a parent? And to this day, it is the same one, which is, I'm afraid I will never backpack across India. Mm. I really want to travel specific. to India, okay. but I yeah, I really want to, I've romanticized the idea that I get to be on a train and I get to go across and I'll never have the runs and ev- all the food's going to be great. <laughs> and, and they said, the, the agency said, well, you can do it. You'll just have a kid strapped to your back. And I'm like, no, no I don't absolutely so. not. That's so funny. <laughs> like wait, next, next month, although when this episode airs, I'll have already gone, but we're going to Scotland for a week. <gasps> and guess what? We're not bringing the fucking kids. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my sister who's coming up to watch the kids because Gosh. I had the same thing where I was having like a little bit of a midlife crisis. And I was like, why are, why do we not travel? We keep right. saying, ah, it's so hard with the kids. Maybe next year, maybe next year. I was like, I'm going to maybe next year until I'm 50 and then I'm not going to have done anything and then I'm going to be too tired to do anything. So I was like, we're going to Scotland for a week. So I guess Wonderful. by the time this episode airs, we have. Just come back. So, so how was your trip? Scotland, how was, Scotland yeah, was, was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> All we saw castles. We saw Harry Potter. And mainly we didn't have your... Did you miss your kids? Who? Did <laughs> <laughs> So guys, so Michael and Matt, you guys have been traveling now for a long time and a yeah. lot of traveling. And you partly want to be dads because you're mm-hmm. tired of the traveling? Or do you want to take <laughs> babies along for the ride? Kind of both. Um, I'm really enjoying my time in Portland right now, but I mean, we're mm-hmm. entering into summer. Things are a little bit better than when they are in the winter. Yeah. So that has something to do with it. But yeah, we've <clears throat> traveled so much over the last few years, which has been incredible. And then at the same time, we're like kind of burnt out by it. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 I love, I love traveling. I love exploring like new parts of the world and experiencing new things. Um, but I also liked to recharge a little bit and we just went really hard at the beginning of this year and both of us are like we're good like we're good for the year like yeah. <laughs> we went like five or six different places i feel in like three it's months. almost sinful to say this as a gay guy but like, <laughs> i just want to stay home well no i think because part of it is honestly the, i think the real part is you guys are getting older which is not like you guys are old but like as you've done your young 20s travel go right. like the, it it becomes less desirable and you know as I said earlier in the episode, laying down in your bit cold basement watching Succession by yourself sounds real, real fucking yeah. nice. Yeah. Fantastic. So, no, I totally, totally get that. I want to talk a little bit about social media because you guys – so, Michael, you're a dentist. Matt, you're a writer and a vlogger and a you know photographer and stuff. But, like, you, another business that you guys do is social media. And yeah. I feel like it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, I'm on social media. That's my business. But I want to know, what does it actually fucking mean? Like, how do you actually make money – 
being uh, existing online. Like I, I, I'm, I'm curious, and I guarantee you, people who are listening are like, okay, but like, you don't but have like to tell how? us obviously the numbers, but right. like, I know that like you can be in the creator fund on TikTok, but what does it actually mean? This is a giant Pandora's box with a lot of answers. Yeah, if you want to, you go ahead. Generally, like it's just like running a small business, you uh-huh. know, for the most part. Um, it's difficult and it changes all the time. It's a very volatile uh environment to Mm -hmm. be in but i've i mean i've been working in it since 2007 uh Mm -hmm. when i first started on youtube and i I started making money uh within a year of being on youtube and Mm -hmm. that was through they didn't even have like a you know a creator fund or adsense or anything like that on youtube at that point but we were able to like um you know do one-off deals with different companies that were like just starting to figure stuff out so it was such Mm -hmm. an early stage and then that's just evolved over the years to become more and more. And it's not just like one thing or one income source. Like we have Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. And they're all and different, I assume, at how they pay you and what, what their metrics are. Totally. But yeah. the vast majority of the income comes from advertisers. So mm-hmm. when you see ads, paid partnerships on Instagram, TikTok, etc., like that is going to be your bread and butter for mm-hmm. income. I was going to say... The platform itself is not where you make most or much income at all, unless you are like Mr. Beast on mm-hmm. YouTube and every single video hits like 20 million views or whatever. He just opened up his first brick and mortar literally five minutes down the road from me. Yeah. At the American then, Dream Mall. Yeah. Because then yeah. you're making like, you know, $20,000 per video. Yeah. And so if all of your videos are hitting like 20 million views, then, you're then, making a then ton obviously of you're money. making then that is obviously a significant uh, source of income but like not not a lot of people can hit like millions and mil- millions and millions of views on every single video that they have mm-hmm. right tiktok's even you know it's it's very it's variable um you know the creator fund again if you're hitting millions and millions of views can be somewhat significant but it still pales it pales in comparison to essentially the re- i i think of it as like real estate mm-hmm. that advertisers purchase to put on your platform so i think of it as like any like think of it as like a billboard or like Times square like it's going to be way more expensive to put your billboard in front of a bunch of people in Times square than it is like in the middle of iowa right on like a highway so and that's just like how many how many eyes you have you know so i I think it's difficult because you're navigating this really unpredictable algorithm and it's changing all the time, no matter like what social media platform you're on it is yeah. just changing all the time. So it's very hard to kind of like adjust from that. But it's like putting stuff out, having to pivot, putting stuff out, having to pivot. Like, you know, you're constantly producing and putting your life out there for people. But when does it tip over from business into fun or fun into business? I think it it I think it has a little bit of both. There's fun moments. So like, yeah, um, some of it is kind of like strictly business but then sometimes you get to work with brands that you're actually like that are like really fun to work with and you're like kind of excited that they Mm -hmm. reached out to you Mm -hmm. um some of the travel opportunities i think for us like some have been kind of very businessy and and like we just sort of like went through it and then some have been like just the most amazing experience that we've ever had in our life and so it just really ebbs and flows as a couple have you ever traveled sheerly for pleasure with your phones completely off never off but for pleasure yes but phones never off which then means not for pleasure because then we're documenting stuff we're documenting stuff to like post on instagram and tiktok and yeah um okay so 
going from social media, you're going to have mm-hmm. a kid. I I believe very wholeheartedly by 2023, at the end of 2023, you guys are going to be pregnant. So oh, in 2024, you. you're going to have a kid. Do you anticipate absorbing them into your current kind of social media world? Or do you think it will change? Or do you not want to have them a part of that? Oh, that is um, that is such a kind of a tricky question that I've actually listened to a lot of creators talk about on like different podcasts or on their social media. And um, I think that there's a way, I think immediate, most immediately, and to be fair, we haven't like, you know, laid out like a plan of like how we would do this. Um, Cause a lot of times we just sort of like it, take it as it comes. And if it's, if it feels natural or right, or like, you know, good, then, then we'll then we share it. it. Yeah. Um, we we're pretty transparent people, but obviously like just throwing our child's face on our social media, like 24 seven is probably, you know, obviously not the plan. Mm-hmm. I think in the most immediate sense, we would, more talk about our experience like as parents and you Mm -hmm. know like what that's like and um i also have like a pretty big like i love educating if i'm like if i if i know something i like educating other people on it Mm -hmm. um and we have like great friends and family members who are um like child development specialists um Mm -hmm. so i definitely could see part of our social media sort of like um branching off into just that like hey this is what kids do or think or this is how their brain mm-hmm. is growing at this time well you guys just re- you just started a new podcast right last Ooh, month look at that yeah. Yeah. You, you guys talk about families tell us about your podcast you yeah. just released yeah so who's your daddy is a podcast <laughs> genius title there's a long genius. list of them for me but continue <laughs> yeah. about non-traditional paths to parenthood mm-hmm. so surrogacy ivf adoption foster to adopt iui all the things theft um theft, <laughs> theft. just grab a baby amazon yeah, delivery no i have no. not thought about this wait can i tell I you a story i've told on the podcast before but when i went yeah. to iceland people told me that people would just leave their babies in the strollers outside the restaurants when they would go in and i was like you're you're lying you're like like maybe they're That's not as close to the table yeah. um i went to iceland and there are just strollers on the street with babies, with babies free, in them free babies you're free kidding. babies outside and people inside so if you need a baby last minute just pop on into they leave babies outside like they like I've like always, dogs. I've always wanted to go to Iceland, and what? if I can get a baby, free babies, <laughs> free babies in Iceland. Yeah. Wait, why do they do stone? they do that? Just be, <laughs> what? <laughs> because it's so safe. Do they just go inside and have like a yeah. nice brunch? Yes. So they go get lunch? ruined. So it's not ruined. Literally, people inside eating by themselves while their infants are outside. Also, my friend who is from Sweden said when she would cry in the middle of the night. Her mom would just put her in her stroller and wheel her out to like the courtyard of the apartment building they lived in. And then she would go upstairs and go back to sleep. Because the cold, cold air, well, the cold air would like calm her down, but you know, she was yeah. like wrapped up and stuff, but it's just culturally different. Like nobody Jeez. steals babies there, which They're, is why you guys should go. They're not expecting you. I would love to you. go. <laughs> no. We had a similar, um, not to and if go. you get arrested, I, the, I heard the prisons are really nice and they're Iceland super and nice, Sweden, and they have they so. all have steam rooms and like saunas and stuff. Yeah, you're oh, you're given you your own cell phone. The do- the dudes are no doubt hot, and the uh-huh. security guards. Yep. Come on, have it you ever been like to win win? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to Japan? No. Um, one of the craziest things that I remember about Japan is that we're all in the subway. We are shoulder to shoulder, and then all of a sudden, this little like she had to have been eight years old. A uh, little girl with a pink backpack walks on right after school, headphones on, just walks in by herself and just like sits on the train. And I'm like, 
where's the adult? Where's the adult? Like, where's the adult? There's no adult. There's no adult. Eight-year-old kids can ride the subway safely in Japan. And that, to me, was insane. Yeah, the difference yeah. in the cultures where they... they, they, they I think in Japan, they all consider all children everyone's responsibility. So they, you know... But what a collectively decided. And well, what, what other... Uh, along that line, um, yeah. I'm sure you've thought a lot about what you've learned about parenting during your right. travels. Do you have other wi- bits of wisdom that you can share with us from anywhere from Tampa to Nairobi? Oh my gosh. Um, I think I think one thing that I have noticed is that like going different places in the world and you obviously see a lot of different socioeconomic situations. Um, and I feel like in a lot of situations where you would see them as having less, you see kids with bigger smiles on their faces and they're outside more and they're just like exploring and like doing things on their own. Um, That's and, true. There's something to say about you know minimal, what I mean? minimalism so I think, when it comes to um, kids having a good time and using their imagination and having fun. So I've seen that, yeah, in countries all around the world. And it, it seems like, you know, the... <laughs> You don't need to have all these super fancy toys, electronics, gadgets, things like that. And the kids mm-hmm. can be super, super happy just playing outside. Um, and I don't know how exactly to approach a parenting technique that could parallel that here in the U.S. Because we're surrounded by technology, materialism, etc. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard. I don't know. I, I feel like that's a very difficult thing to do here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've also, I've also thought about it considering like, you know, obviously we are very... Uh, front facing on on the internet and and Gavin are, is usually back facing, but that's a different. <laughs> thing um, and so, trying to figure out a way that how are we going to balance, you know, not having our kids obsessed with screens and phones, but mm-hmm. also like continue to document and mm-hmm. can have a healthy environment that's around it. Be so, very I think that's going to be interesting to navigate. Yeah, and yeah. I would imagine also injecting my own opinion about the um, influencership there is that if you go down a path where you are suddenly um, ambassadors for baby companies who are all going to be absolutely after you, <laughs> then you're suddenly like getting a bunch of shit, which by the way, David's and my unsolicited advice is you don't need any you need of it. nothing. And no, so then you, you guys, nothing. here's your challenge is like, do you go down the path of selling shit that is n- almost none of it is actually necessary? Furthermore, you're just burdening, you're spending more money, you're burdening your kid yourselves with just like accumulation of stuff. When in reality, right. you guys have seen firsthand, it is about the minimalism and just like, right, simpling yeah. it down, man. Well, way that. to bring it down, Gavin. It's I mean, like, how that's what you... I'm here for. <laughs> and let's talk about some gay shit. Where are the hottest guys in all of your travels? And where's the gayest oh. country you've ever visited? Oh, this is really good. The this gayest really country. Good. The gay... Well, the hottest guys. Spain? Mm. Oh, yeah-ish. I don't know. I So the first country I visited outside the US was Sweden because I had the hardest crush on a swedish man who between the biggest crush yeah 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 the hardest hardest well it was also very hard uh-huh yeah. difficult it was difficult because he was straight and i had yeah. that old story yeah. yeah and i decided like oh he well he's an exchange student he was going back to sweden after a year in the u.s and i was like oh well you're my best friend i'm gonna go with you and just spend time together in sweden yeah. and shower together yeah just a little bit exactly 
but yeah, so he was straight, not interested in me, was not a great time. I was Did you also... figure that out in Stockholm, like <laughs> after you got out of the airplane or on the I plane knew, over? And I was like uh, heavily in the closet. I'll change and was him. Like, I'm like, yeah, I was kind of, mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we literally, that is the tale as old as time. We all have to go through that. That straight crush where in our heads are like, maybe they're like questioning or maybe, maybe I can get them there. No. Mm-hmm. That was my mm-hmm. first experience yeah. abroad. And there, mm-hmm. there's just something about Swedish men that like was ingrained in my mind. I mean, that is like, that not the heart stopper fantasy, right? A hundred percent. It's like, percent. Like, like open gay kid and then like rugby star, right? Yep. It's, the, the, it's, yeah. the, it's totally Something there. is awakened in the rugby yeah, star exactly. and it's I mean, just I was you. 18. We were p- playing soccer outside every day, shirtless with all his friends. Like mm-hmm. I was, oh my God. <laughs> like living the dream, but also like the most angsty it was teenager. So angsty I was like overwhelmed it's amazing um but i think i actually do remember i feel like when we were in portugal was it portugal we were walking around <gasps> holy and i don't know crap. portugal's not a very big country that is a good point like, Michael. every time i was weird what is in the water like, what is happening here portugal like, had the most attractive men about sweden portugal wins yeah i remember I living in the czech republic and everywhere i walked i was like are you bellamy are you on Bellamy? Are you on Bellamy? Are you on Bellamy? Yeah, definitely that. I also yeah. felt incredibly self-conscious walking around Portugal because I'm like, mm-hmm. I am just an ugly... I was like, mm-hmm. holy crap. I felt so incompetent. Yeah. One of my first jobs when I moved to New York City was like, I had to usher New York Fashion Week. And I was I had to like block backstage so I could see all these models walking in. And I was like, I hate myself. <laughs> what? Like, I hate myself. <laughs> these people are walking in here and they look like a million dollars. Anyway, um, thank you guys so much for coming by. Oh, Our time is up. But thank everyone you. out there, please subscribe to their new podcast, which yes. is called... Who's your, Who's daddy? your daddy? Who's your daddy? And obviously Excellent. follow them on all the socials. And I think by the end of this year, you guys are going to be uh, pregnant. So I'm very excited for you guys. So oh, fingers yeah. crossed for you. Can we have a part two? Um, yeah, let's have. We'll bring you guys back when when you're pregnant. So my something great is what's getting me through the summer, and frankly, getting me through my life and parenting, and that is bribery. I just go back and forth constantly trying to say no to my kids, and they're utter addiction to screen time and i just bribe them by saying you gotta read you gotta read half an hour and you can earn another 15 minutes of screen time it is so tough to stick to that but bribery that's my something great how about you david um mine is extortion no i'm kidding um (laughs) so my something great is actually uh drag queen story hour which as we know was the hot button issue last month with pride but And obviously, I totally support drag queens and story hour and all the bullshit is bullshit. So, but I actually had never been to one. Oh, um, I had seen them on YouTube. I understood totally. what they were, but I had never actually been to one. So well, like 99% of the population and the totally. people who hate it who have never been to it. Correct. So, um, so I'm also a hypocrite, just like they are. So <laughs> anyway, so last month during um, our local town's pride, they had um, a drag queen named Harmonica Sunbeam, which a number one great name um and she came to do um drag queen story hour um and the pride is all in like one park and there's like one band shell where all the performances happen and we just happened to be walking by when she started reading so we're like oh let's sit down so my three and a half year old and my one year old we and my husband and i we all sat down and we watched her read gavin it was fucking great yeah it was great it was she was so funny and she did the thing where like she you know you know read a a page of the book and then she what about you kids have you ever wanted to have a pet and kids would like scream and she's like yeah like it was it was so wonderful and it was just she was wearing a big muumuu and this like clown wig and i was like 
what is the problem here? Yeah, exactly. And so I fucking reached out to her and I was like, you were great. How, what's your Venmo? I want to tip you. Nice. And I tipped her 20 bucks because I was like, listen, you don't. That was you probably, worth it. You, you did this probably voluntarily. You were great. I hate that you're having to deal with all the bullshit you're dealing with. Nice. So I was like, here's fucking 20 bucks. So anyway, nice, my, yeah, my something great. Drag Queen Story Hour with Harmonica Sunbeam. (laughs) And that is our show. If you have any comments, suggestions, or general compliments, you can email us at gatriarchspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on Instagram. We are at gatriarchspodcast on the internet. David is at David FM Vaughn everywhere. And Gavin is at Gavin Lodge on Pornhub. Please leave us a glowing five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on another episode of Gatriarchs. Let's see just how much you know about parenting. Will your kids watch TV? Yes. Yes. Will they have iPads? Eventually. Eventually. Will they be allowed to have chicken nuggets? No. Are they going to sleep in your bed with you? No. Not often. Will you text when you're sitting playing with them? No. No. Unless I have to. Do do you think you're going to get bored? Yes. No. What's the first solid food they're going to eat? Sweet potato. (laughs) Will you be heating bottles? Yes. Yes. For the last question, will you allow a drag queen to read a book to them? Yes. Hello. Of course.